0: good evening happy thursday to everybody this is the tomorrow christian today reading philippians 3 in the nlt but first and always we must pray dear lord thank you for being our god thank you for being our father and our friend thank you so much for the messiah who is your son who sits at your right hand now thank you for giving us the holy spirit freely lord and we ask for the spirit to now guide us to fill us to fulfill us Lord, to give us that uh, spirit of patience and teaching and wisdom. The scripture says, call to you and and, um, and you will answer and show us great and mighty things which we know not. Help us as we read your scripture, that we will see new meaning, find new wisdom, find new ways to um, shore up and strengthen our emotional health. In a world where there's a lot of contention, everybody's fighting and bickering and arguing, help us to be people who are just calm, just full of peace, just full of hope, just full of not worrying about what's been done to us or what we don't have, but focusing on you, focusing on Jesus, what you've done for us, and having that incredible assurance, that incredible spirit of peace, knowing that everything you've promised in the Bible is true, and we will see you one of these days when you come to get us. Your people, help us all to have that kind of calm and peaceful disposition and a confident faith, knowing that you are true and these words that we read right now are eternal and forever lasting. I pray in the name of Christ our King. Amen. The Priceless Value of Knowing Christ Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things and I do it to safeguard your faith. You know, Paul was a person who was killing and hurting Christians and he became one of Christianity's greatest advocates and he wrote the Bible, uh, parts of the Bible and God used his Holy Spirit inside this man to amplify his thinking and make him think on heaven and higher things. I saw my Baptist friend today, my mentor, and he's gonna go into the hospital and have an operation. He looked well and he didn't look um, rattled or sad in any way and i'm just praying for him for total healing and restoration and that they're going to do a colonoscopy and they're going to do a do an act of discovery and i just pray that maybe it's some if it's something there that's benign um but if but i did pray afterwards with somebody else um and i just prayed with that person uh by myself and i just prayed that if it doesn't go if it doesn't go the way we want it to right Uh, then we would just pray whatever God's will is we pray that it's an easy and and it's as painless as possible and then we could give some kind of support so somehow I think that that really made me feel calm and even though I had a hard day at work I think somehow that prayer and we studied Titus 2 today I think somehow that just really calmed me down I just feel really calm right now and I think that I think that God's spirit gives you a peace if you can just trust you know people are not trusting these days they're fighting each other and i didn't get what i wanted and there's a lot of stuff on youtube you know people fighting about relationships men fighting women women fighting men it's really very sad to see and i think the devil just really enjoys putting people at odds with everybody else i mean i just i know i sound like a broken record but honestly that day of the dove star trek episode you know i know it was a corny series but that day of the dove That's exactly what Satan does. He just takes people and puts them at odds against each other and makes them fight people that would otherwise be their allies and friends. And he just takes the emptiness inside people, you know, the uncertainty, and he just twists it and twists it and twists it until it hurts, until it pinches you off from God. So true. Verse 2, watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil. Those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. Well, you know, the devil mutilates the truth. He takes God's truth. He takes God's wisdom. He takes everything and he mutilizes it and changes it to something that he can weaponize. It's really something to see. And when you look in the Bible and you see how manipulative and how cunning he is and how he said that he wanted to um, take people higher. He didn't want anything of the sort. What he wanted to do is cause the angels the the host of heaven to butt heads against god and he wanted to be the guy who gets to be in charge he's definitely a grandiose narcissist for we who worship by the spirit of god are the ones who are truly circumcised the spirit of god so god's spirit is um cleansing your heart and and cutting away all the things all the thorns in your heart all the thorns in your personality and i say that you know metaphorically so please don't anybody think it's about you know cutting yourself or hurting yourself people hurt themselves and mutilate themselves physically in the name of christ that's not christ telling you to do that i'm sorry it is not it is the devil telling you that that's what god wants and if you don't do it god won't accept you that's an outright lie the devil is trying to get you to harm yourself any way you can and if all the better for him if he can get you to do it in the name of jesus to make jesus look bad and to make god look bad and to make people think that Christianity is nothing but a a bunch of nutty people on a fringe. And it's so wrong, and it's so evil, and it's so slanderous. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort, though I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. So Paul is saying that he is a capable person, and obviously, We have to do our part, but at the same time, it's what Christ is doing in us. We have to let, we have to trust God and let him operate in us. We have to trust, you know. Verse 5, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. Wow, eight days, just like, you know, the Jews were circumcised. Eight days, the eighth day, the number of grace, the number of new beginnings, right? And, you know, Sunday is supposed to be the eighth day or the first day. Nobody knows what day it was that Jesus rose. I mean, I I don't think they really know for sure nobody knows what day the seventh day sabbath was but you know seven was supposed to be the number of completion god took six days to make the world i believe it's a literal story and it's true but some people don't have to but he took six days and then the, the seventh day was the sabbath to say commemorate completion and then somehow we messed up creation and so jesus rose on the eighth day as if to say he says it to me right this is my hermeneutic it's a do-over it's a start over It's forgiveness. The perfect creation that God created is messed up. We messed up everything with our sin and not trusting in God. But Jesus rose on the eighth day to show us, you know what? God gives forgiveness. God is the God of second chances. God is the God that that takes a losing situation and turns it into a winning situation. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, Paul says. A real Hebrew, if ever there was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so jealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. But if you obey the law and there's no love in your heart, it must be very hard. Jesus uh, says in Romans 13, love fulfills the law. You can keep the law when you love God and, and God puts his spirit into you. All of a sudden you'll become lawful you will definitely be driving your car within the guardrails along the narrow path which is like a road you won't ever hit the guardrails you won't ever hit them because you're you know how to drive you're doing it that's a metaphor by the way don't don't hit your car against the guardrails okay it's going to damage your car Verse 7, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yeah, I guess I do too. I mean, I live by the law. I had the Sabbath day. I was always about, you know, this hermeneutic is right. This one is wrong. Hey, you know what? We all want to be right. And we all want to be wrong. But is that what we need to be? Or do we need to have salvation? Do we need to have the fruits of the Spirit? Do we need to have peace in our hearts? Do we need to be at rest with God to be part of a restful relationship? A relationship without stress or God's coming after me. There's condemnation on my shoulders. I messed up and God's really angry. Well, you know what? I mean, God always says to me when I mess up, yeah, I know you're disappointed. You know, I'm not disappointed in you. I feel like I'm more disappointed in myself because I let God down. Sometimes it's really hard to forgive myself. I just get the feeling that the Father says, you know what? You messed up. You feel guilty. Um, Try again. Do it better the second time you've got to restart you've got to do do over you've got to get out of jail card um, and and i earned that for you so don't disappoint don't disappoint yourself that's how i feel now verse 8 ver- yes everything else is worthless when compared to, with the infinite value of knowing jesus christ my lord you know god is a person he has a mind okay jesus christ is a person uh, uh, he, he is a male person He is a masculine male person, and yet he has God living in him. And somehow, I don't know, for me, that just is more personal. You know, Jesus personifies God, his character, how he behaved, what he does, how he tried to help people, how he he forgave people. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I mean, suffering and tears is the way to God. I don't personally want to suffer. But yet somehow when all these things have happened to me, you know, I'm thinking, is this God's way of chiseling me? Is this God's way of making me trust more? Is this God's way of filling me with the Holy Spirit? Is this God's way of forgiving, you know, uh, people who have hurt me, including my, you know, uh, ex? Is this God's way of just saying, you know what, um, life life happens, you make choices, you make good choices, you make bad choices, sometimes you can't get people to stay with you. You don't have to feel bad about it, just move on and forgive. You don't have to hate you can forgive that's god doing that i i you know why, why would you want to do that if god can't help you maybe it's easier for some people to forgive than other people maybe some people are just very calm and you know I've, I've got a fighting spirit you know i feel like i've always been fighting i've always been sort of every man for himself and i certainly am that but yet it's like if you have that kind of contentious spirit how are you ever going to see the good if everything's a dogfight and a battle and you know i got trust issues we all got trust issues some people have less trust issues you have trust issues and i'm not saying you know if there are people that you know have hurt you you can forgive them but you don't have to let them back in your life especially when you detect one they don't want to be there number two even if you did they would still continue to hurt you but you can forgive them you can move on for god's way of making us right with himself depends on faith it sounds like genesis 15 6 and abraham believed and god counted it to him for righteousness it's the same it's the same new covenant trusting god means loving god how can you love somebody you don't trust how do you trust somebody you don't love i want to know christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead i want to suffer with him sharing in his death right he wants to experience the resurrection from the dead if this life were so good and wonderful, why would you want a yearn for another one? When I see people, I've been to you know funerals, you know, and I see my friend was in the Bible study. He passed away very early, January 2020. And just to go there and to see him, he was my age. To see him lying there like that, it's like, is that all there is? I mean, he'd been di- diagnosed with a with a diet with a cancer diagnosis one year before, and and to the to the date, that's what happened to him. He just passed. He had a. Ha- he had a terrible headache and he took him into the hospital on the 2019 in December. About one or two weeks after I talked to him, after I uh, ate uh, lunch with him. And when I got to the hospital, he was thrashing around. I couldn't believe it. I, he didn't say anything to me. And then three days later, he passed away. And I'm thinking as I'm lying there, uh, as I am, as he's lying there and I'm, I'm looking over my came for the funeral. And I'm thinking, is this all there is, Lord? Like, this guy's a young man. He didn't get to live his whole life. Is that all there is? There's got to be more. We serve a fantastic God who made the worlds, who creates things, who creates energy, who is living energy. Surely that God could undo this curse upon us. Paul wants to experience the resurrection from the dead. So do I. Verse 12, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Jesus, Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Yes, the past is hurtful, the past is painful, the past has needles, the past has thorns, but think about eternity. Think about living with God forever. Think about every day, not being bored, but actually joyous, learning, growing, um, going to different places in the universe, in the galaxy, seeing things that no human eye has seen now, even with, the, even with a telescope. Working with other races, other worlds, to, to do things and develop things. If you're an engineer now, why would God not allow you to follow your talents to want to build things he's the one who's going to amplify your your body amplify your brain give you talents to to build things as an engineer or a musician whatever you're called to do now you will be able to do it in an amplified form why wouldn't you want that i personally love lifting weights i'm lifting weights six days a week i'm not eating as much protein but definitely enjoying a, a sort of a renaissance you know i thought i was washed up i'll never be you know, uh, an athlete, you know, I'm, I'm in the gym, I'm huffing and puffing. I'm thinking, Lord, if I go too far, my stomach gets nauseated. My blood pressure goes up. You know, I feel a kind of a little giddy, you know what I mean? And I'm thinking one day I'm going to be able to work out and I'm not gonna, you know, sometimes getting a pump, uh, you know, is good. I really wouldn't want the burning pain. Um, but to be not sick, to be not nauseated in my stomach, to not have heavy eyes. I'm looking forward to it. I always wanted to be Superman ever since I was 3 years old. I'm the least super guy I've ever known, but somehow, you know, I got a little bit of genetics going on. You know, my father's a Jamaican, you know, I'm kind of half Jamaican. You know, it's like that story, maybe I said it to you, the son of Superman, he's flying and he's got the son of Batman on his on on his back. You know, the son of Batman is sitting cross-legged on him. And so people are firing at the son of superman it's like an old comic in dc you know it was like at the back of the dc comics you'd have the main story and then you'd have this little tiny story so it was almost like potential worlds or future worlds and i probably told you this before uh the son of batman says to the son of superman uh i bet those bullets don't hurt eh and the son of superman says hey more like bee stings. remember something I'm only half super unlike my old man or I'm only half Kryptonian unlike my old man. That was in a comic. I read that he was only half super. He could still fly though. He could still fly. He still had on the same costume. And then the son of Batman was sitting cross-legged on his back. So they were trying to get out of a situation, right? So I guess what I'm saying is, you know, we're all touched by our infirmities or we all try to um, hide our weaknesses one day you won't have any more weaknesses you won't have any flaws there won't be any flaws in your dna there won't be any flaws um you won't age you won't get older you won't get tired your blood sugar won't get high you won't be depressed or down or feel lonely those days are the, the, these days of that are coming to an end and that's why the world is going contentious the way it is god is sending us a sign that this world is truly passing away, faster and faster with each passing day. And it's going to come into a better one where those things will never happen to you again. Why wouldn't you want that? Because it's hard to believe? Because you think that God doesn't care? Because you don't feel God? Well, you know what, we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by feelings. And I think as we do walk by faith, in my own personal life, I feel pretty happy right now. I feel happy. And even when your feelings are negative and you don't feel happy, God's still there, even if you don't feel it. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you, but we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Did you see that? Spiritually mature. It's a journey friends, it takes time, it takes time. So when you get older, maybe you get more mature, do you get more humble or do you get more harder? I guess it depends on the person. When you're young, you can be stubborn and prideful, but you can also have a soft heart and be open to many things. I pray for my children every day, that they will be um, meek, they will be humble, they will be teachable, not full of pride and arrogance and narcissism, because people are full of pride, arrogance, and narcissism, they can't have long-term relationships. And they'll never be happy. No matter how much they try to fill their head with wisdom, or with information, and how much they try to fill their bank books or their bank accounts with money, they'll never be truly happy. Because to be proud and narcissistic means to push out the Holy Spirit. And you're just full of yourself. And yourself is a really, really bad God to hold on to for personal satisfaction dear brothers and sisters pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example for I've often told you before and I say it again with tears in my eyes that there are many whose conduct shows there are really enemies of the cross of Christ don't be an enemy the cross is not a really nice-looking thing it's a kind of a symbol of of, of an evil death but it's also repentance God took the sword and he drove it through man's will. He drove it through Adam's skull. And he drove it to the point where humanity, the sinful humanity, the broken humanity, is, is gone. And a new humanity, a humanity filled with the Spirit of God, shall take its place and it shall never be undone. I think it's wonderful. That's what the cross represents to me and it represents the beginning of a new journey where we say, God, we messed up, but we have forgiveness in Christ our Lord. I think that's amazing. Verse 19, the people are the enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They're out of control. They have no self-control and they're not happy. They brag about shameful things and they only think about this life here on earth. Don't you want more? I want more. I always wanted more. I always wanted to be better than than I was. I always wanted to be better than my allocated lot in life. Who put that into me? Was it me or God? I don't know. But I think that the way to satisfy that hunger to be better is ultimately God. Jesus said before Abraham was, I am. To me, that says before Abraham was God. God is before everything. And if that God lives in you, the true, the one true God, I think you'll always be happy no matter where you are but we are citizens of heaven where the lord jesus christ lives and we are eagerly awaiting for him to return as our savior he will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control the control of god Don't fool yourself, friends. The control of God is freedom. God bless.